Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters. It's Jill Bennett on Brooklyn's Radio. Well, it's Jill Bennett here. I'm back with you for this month's Your Health Matters. And this month we're discussing self-esteem, something that's very important for us all. With me, I have some great guests. I have Karen Dark, MBE, Joanna Jewett and Brooke Hender. Karen is a British Paralympic cyclist and medal holder, paratriathlete, adventurer, mindset coach and author. Joanna is an advanced rapid transformational practitioner and a clinic hypnotherapist. And Brooke Hender is a coach and hypnotherapist specialising in self-esteem. So good afternoon, everybody. Afternoon. Thank you, <laughs> Great to have you here. Great to have you here. Maybe you'd all like to say a little bit more about yourselves and, and maybe a bit about how you got into what you're doing. Brooke, should we start with you? Uh, yes, why not? Um, so uh, thank you for this opportunity, Jill. Uh, so yes, Brooke Hender from Sort Yourself Out and uh, I work with women and men and I help them find more confidence, intimacy and happiness through improving their most important relationship, the one with themselves. And uh, like a lot of therapists, I got into this because I had quite a few problems myself. And I thought, hmm, perhaps I should do something about that. And after that, I thought maybe it'd be nice to help some other people too. Fantastic. Thank you. Joanna? Well, I'm Joanna Jewett from Enhance Your Horizons. I got into hypnotherapy and rapid transformational therapy after having made redundant, wondering what to do with my life, a bit like Brooke, where will I go now next? And um, I found that I really wanted to help people feel better about themselves. And I work with successful people who want to find confidence and really know how to move forward in their life. Fantastic. Thank you. Karen? Hi. Yes, I'm Karen Dark. I... I have a couple of sides to me, really. One is this athlete adventuring side that loves to explore the world and discover different cultures and challenge myself in incredible environments with other people. And then there's the other side of me that's really interested in that the internal processes that go on for us, both mental, physical and emotional, spiritual, all the levels that we have within us. And I think my interest in that was catalyzed through my own journey when I was 21 I had a rock climbing accident became paralyzed from the chest down and clearly that's a massive shift and change in life and so sometimes I've had challenges connected to my own physical mental and emotional health which uh, in many ways connect to that paralysis and so I've, I've ended up studying and learning many different techniques to help people on their journeys overcome challenges and to find what I call the gold that we have inside us all so um, I'm a mindset coach, but also what I like to call an inner gold guide and tend to use techniques like hypnotherapy, brain spotting and other things to help people discover more of how to find that joy and that shiny stuff inside themselves. Fantastic. Thank you, Karen. So you can see we've got some pretty experienced and great um, people with us today. Now, it's been suggested that as much as 85% of the population suffer from low self-esteem. And this can manifest itself in itself in, in many, many ways. Um, maybe we should start by determining what self-esteem is. Brooke? Oh, thanks. Ask easy questions first. Um, yeah, I think it's it, it's very easy to give a very simple answer. And actually, sometimes, you know, I just say self-esteem is 
you know how you feel about yourself your relationship with yourself um because that is over oversimplifying it but actually it can be a useful guide for a lot of people uh there are of course then uh much bigger picture it's about self-actualization about being able to have your needs met and so there is a, a, a bigger explanation but i'll just leave it there for the moment i think okay great um joanna marissa peers processes um identify the thought that i'm not good enough um, is at the root of many, many challenges that other people find in their life. So how do you see that low self-esteem that I'm not good enough manifesting your clients? Well, thanks, Jill. So clients with confidence and low self-esteem issues have all presented to me a difficulty in making decisions. And they show a lack of trust in themselves. Often these feelings have stemmed from past events, possibly in childhood, where they found themselves in an environment where trust was not demonstrated to them. This was when they were developing their sense of self quite often. And these clients had to learn the hard way or try to learn things by themselves through making assumptions about themselves and how people saw them. You know, the young children look to reactions regarding their behaviour from other people because they're young. They look to their parents, and this can either create confidence or a lack of confidence when we're young. Mm, yeah. Um, Brooke, <laughs> is it similar in your clients? Uh, I love a generalisation, yes. Um, I, I generally believe, I, I mean, it's people say to me, well, not everything can be about self-esteem. It's like, no, not everything is, but I think it underpins so much of so many other problems because... Uh, you know, so many of people, so many problems are not problems. They're people's solutions to what's really going on. And what's really going on is how they feel about themselves on some level. Um, and, you know, there are always two things, obviously how it came about, which is the con context of what happened, and obviously how they're maintaining that problem, which is the structure of it. And, you know, there is definitely no right way or wrong way to go about dealing with those things. But the important thing is that they get dealt with. Mm -hmm. You're right. I think, well, for me personally, I find so much stems back to when people were children and the way that they, they were raised by their parents. Karen, your clients are often adventurous and sports people. Do you find that they have similar issues? Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, a lot of my clients aren't from that world. I do have some in that world, but many are people who are entrepreneurs, social entrepreneurs. Um, and I think, I mean, I think self-confidence and essentially that can often connects to esteem is a huge issue for everybody for different reasons. My approach is not one of going back, digging into childhood to find out the reasons. Like sometimes it's quite hard to analyze or figure out exactly why we are the way we are. And but our subconscious mind is aware of so much. So, you know, through hypnotherapy, through brain spotting, through other techniques that I'm sure we all use in different ways, it is an incredible way to free up the subconscious mind, get our thinking brain out of the way and and perhaps heal some of that. But also, I think for me, one of the biggest things I find with clients is actually how hard they are on themselves. People tend to be very, very judgmental of themselves and their own hardest critics. So one of the things I spend a lot of time doing when I'm working with people is often coming back to the, how would you treat your best friend? How would you treat a child? How would you treat your son or daughter? 
And why don't you speak to yourself like that a little bit, even just a bit more than you do? Because most people really give themselves a really, really hard time. So I think there's a lot about self-compassion, being kind to oneself and working on that area that can bring huge amounts of healing if we can bring ourselves to, to do that. And yeah. Yeah. One thing I'd like to add on that is uh, it's interesting because I completely agree. It's not that there is any one approach that's uh, the right approach. So, you know, it's not necessary to go back to childhood. However, sometimes it's helpful. But again, there's no one right way of doing that. How, you know, how are you maintaining the problem now, irrespective of what happened, what caused it? What's the narrative that's going on right now? And again, it's not down to any particular technique because to be honest, techniques are techniques are techniques. It's, uh, you know, how can we change that structure? Yeah, and sometimes that is doing a contextual intervention, like going back and reframing, which does work for some people, but not. But there is no technique that works for all people all of the time. Yeah, yeah. And it is, you know, funny you saying about the way you talk to yourself or the way you behave towards yourself, because it's very true, isn't it? The things you say to yourself sometimes, there's no way you dream of saying that to another person. You might feel like it occasionally, but there's no way that you would actually say it. Um, Joanna, why is self-esteem so important? Well, it is so important because critical thoughts and negative self-judgments can massively affect the way we feel, of course. A low self-esteem leading to negative thinking can just hold us back and stop us from becoming truly happy and stop us from feeling good about ourselves. This can go on to lead to conflicting thoughts, indecision, because people want to achieve, but they feel they can't. It can become a catch-22. They want something, but they feel they can't have it. This causes us to feel blocked and stuck. Yeah. Yeah, Karen, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I mean, I think life's here to, it's hard to feel optimal and to be optimal if we're, if we're, if we're holding all this stuff about ourselves, which is limiting in some way. So I love to help people just step into really what's possible for them. And I'm not saying that life is all about being happy all the time. I think we need that, you know, that contrast is normal and natural and, um, Tal Ben-Shahar, who's a, a, a leading educator around happiness, talks about the only people that um, say they're happy all the time or might think that's the way to happiness are a, a psychopaths. Like, it's impossible to be happy all the time. But I think what's possible is to just notice when we have that contrast between between the pos- really positive good emotions and the, the, the more challenging emotions. And ideally we want to be experiencing more of the positive than the negative and be able to have the skills to navigate our way through the challenging stuff when we're experiencing it. And, you know, maybe sometimes we are afraid of feeling the difficult emotions and so we resist it and we distract ourselves and we block these things by just um, doing other things. But actually, and distractions are wonderful technique. But you know, if we're doing it chronically long term, then it's not perhaps helpful to not experience some of these more difficult things. And just to, you know, I think someone's touched on it already about trusting ourselves that we have got the resources to to be able to feel and experience things and move through it and get back again. Just like the weather changes from a horrendous storm, the sun usually comes out again at some point. But um, I think the emotions are the same for us. So. I think we need to be able to just navigate the whole land, the whole landscape that can come to us and trust that if we get some good routines going and process some stuff that's been difficult, then we can experience a lot more of the positive stuff. 
yeah. Brooke, do you want to add anything? Yeah, it's uh, the one thing I've noticed is that, you know, as you will probably know, Jill and uh, Joanna and Karen probably haven't yet experienced, uh, you know, I sometimes work in quite a direct and challenging way. Um, and, uh, you know, I like to make generalizations because, uh, you know, I always like to say things like there are two types of people, people who take action and people who don't. And the thing is, you have to take action. It doesn't matter how much you talk about stuff. You are, at some point, you have to take action if you want something to change. You, you, you know, I can't make people change. I, I can provide an environment and uh, help them to think differently about what's going on for them. But at some point, people have to take ownership, accept responsibility, and take action because that's the difference that makes the difference. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um. I usually like to throw in so much about my personal journey over the last 10 years with different therapies. Um, and it's it's right in this sense as well, because I think I've always been, oh, everything's great, everything's great. And then when I was having some coaching um, towards the end of last year, which was meant to be a six-week thing, it ended up going on for about three and a half months because it, it was sort of becoming apparent that I didn't really feel properly you know, I, I I just accepted that everything was great. You know, I do feel I'm very lucky in life and everything is great. But actually, when it when it boiled down to it, maybe I couldn't actually feel. So it's it's interesting to, you know, I love hearing all the comments of different therapists. Um, in fact, this week, um, Monday the 10th to Sunday the 16th of May is Mental Health Awareness Week um, here in the UK. And... I sort of thought of this question, and I'd love to know all of your points on it. So does low self-esteem cause depression or does depression cause low self-esteem? Or are these two things completely separate? Karen, maybe you'd like to start with that one. Mm. <laughs> A yes. <laughs> yes and yes and no and yes. I think, I suppose, I mean, I'm, I'm not an expert on these specific topics, but my perception would be that yes, low self-esteem can definitely cause depression. There must be a connection between them um, and vice versa. But I also think that they are separate things that we can feel depressed without having low self-esteem. I don't think that needs to be connected. Um, and so again, I think when we're experiencing depression, it's in, I suppose when I experience feelings of depression, I think, okay, clearly it's never nice and it can limit it can feel like it limits our capacity to be as resourceful and to take action in ways that we might when we're not feeling that way. But I also try and just always see it as information. It's like something about my environment. I don't know what it is, whether that's my internal environment, maybe it's my gut and what I'm eating, or maybe it's my external environment. Something around me isn't right for me. And then it's a kind of process of trying to figure out what that might be and change things so that hopefully you can move through that depression. I think sometimes there's like a helpless a helplessness comes with depression. And I think sometimes perhaps people don't realize that there is something about their environment, internal or external, that could be causing it and that there's some power in there to do something and to change it. And maybe, you know, that's where perhaps a, a guide or a, a coach or a therapist can help people through that process. But um, yeah, absolutely. Connections all around. Okay, thank you. Brooke? I think Karen's pretty much got it. I mean, I, I definitely think 
and also you know we say depression like it's one thing and of course like any label there's going to be it's a spectrum from clinical depression mm. uh, or what's called clinical depression on one end to feeling down on the other and it's not to trivialize or minimize that feeling but so but i think yeah absolutely there's a symbiotic relationship between those between those things but they don't have to be um as karen said um it is always about treating the person that's in front of you it's uh you know that's what i'm interested in i always start every single session with the same question so what's the problem because i want to know what is going on for that person right now which may be very different from the person that i was um talking to the week before um and dealing with the here and now what is uh, what is actually being presented to me and taking it from there okay um <laughs> this is this is a good one is it easy to recognize and admit to yourself that you have low self-esteem? Um, Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> As he shirks away and hides in the corner. Um, well, low self-esteem was, was my thing. Um, I mean, you know, I'm 54 now. Um, I know I look a lot older, luckily it's radio. So, um, but you know, for a lot of my life until I was in my, I would say my mid forties, you know, I had some really unhelpful patterns, uh, particularly in relationships. And, you know, the very thing I was looking for, which was love and intimacy, was uh, I made sure that never came into my life because I didn't think I was worthy of it. I, I didn't think I deserved to be loved. And therefore, I would never believe anybody if they said they loved me because it can't be true because I don't love myself. And it was only really in my mid-40s when I was able to say, uh, what's the common denominator here? Oh, that's me. I better do something about this. So, yeah, no, low, low self-esteem is is definitely something, you know, I'm aware of. I'm in a, in a different position now. But, you know, self-esteem is not a thing. It's not something we can buy off Amazon. It's a practice. It's something we have to work at uh, every single day it's it's all the myriad small choices we make every single day do i do this or do i not do that do i you know move out of my comfort zone to get my needs met or not it's it's it, so it's something we have to do like um yeah it is a practice it's not a, it's not a thing okay okay well i would like to hear the ladies point of view on this as well but we're just going to take a quick ad break and we'll continue after these messages Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters. Has anyone ever recommended your business? Imagine if you had an active group of local business owners all promoting your business to their contacts. BNI works for all professions, from accountants to florists, from solicitors to personal trainers. BNI referral groups work. If you are a business owner in Surrey and you are looking to take on more business, BNI could help you to open doors that would otherwise remain closed. Google BNI Surrey and enter your details to arrange a no-obligation trial visit to your nearest group. BNI Surrey, changing the way Surrey does business. 
Hi, this is Helen at the Marianne's Community Cafe opposite Debenhams in Staines. We're busy serving teas, coffee and light refreshments, plus some delicious cakes daily. We also have a welfare benefits advisor for all members of our community who will help with confidential advice and support with form filling on welfare benefits. And our trained team will help with all aspects of care support and more. When you bring a friend, their first regular tea or coffee is on us, based on one visit per day. Find us on Thames Street in Staines. Marianne's is operated by Surrey Disabled People Partnership. Find out more on sdpp.org.uk. I'm so glad you're open. Thank goodness you're here. Do you ever close? Did you know the pharmacy at 20 Church Street, Weybridge is open 100 hours every week to meet your immediate medical needs? We're here for you from 7am to 11pm weekdays, 7am to 9pm Saturdays and 10am to 4pm on Sundays. Our friendly and knowledgeable team can provide you with the advice you need, as well as helping you with repeat prescriptions, all the -the over-the-counter products you would expect, and if you can't get in to visit us, we will deliver to you. The Pharmacy, 20 Church Street, Weybridge. We're here when you need us, 100 hours every week. It's Jill Bennett on Brooklyn's Radio. Welcome back. Welcome back. So we're talking at the moment about self-esteem and um, we're talking about can you identify it yourself when you have low self-esteem? Joanna, do you want to add anything to what Brooke was saying? I would. I have to say first that I completely agree with Brooke's point of view and what he said. I, I completely identify with that. From my point of view and my client's experience, I would say many for many people, um, feeling that low sense of self-esteem, it can feel as though you're suffering a loss inside. Something's missing. It can, life can feel heavy, exhausting and difficult. But I do think it depends on the person and how they see themselves in life. Um, I have come across clients who are definitely more aware uh, than others. And often these types of people who realise they're suffering a lack of confidence or low self-esteem and they want to make changes. Those are the ones that are more likely to understand where they are within that sense of self-esteem. Thank you. Thank you. Karen? Um, I've lost track of the question. I know it's self-esteem, but what specifically? Um, can you recognise it in yourself? Is it easy to recognise it in yourself? I think if we're, if we're willing to look at ourselves, then we can recognise anything in ourselves. But the willingness to to do that has to be there or in also a sufficient level of awareness to start to pick up on things like perhaps we need to be just a little bit interested in becoming better versions of ourselves or creating better relationships or whatever it might be to be able to start to notice what that is with us um I I I mean I think everyone's got their own journey with self-esteem and mine was certainly very catalyzed by becoming paralyzed. I remembered when I was first got into a wheelchair, I couldn't bear the thought of anybody seeing me sat in it. And I used to get back into my bed in the hospital before visiting hours because I didn't want anyone to see me in it. And I still, to this day, find it hard to, you know, get my body out in public or be sort of in a, you know, in a bikini or semi-naked for lots of reasons about how I see my body. So I think we all have a different relationship with ourselves, which is a journey of self-esteem, but at the same time, it's a journey of self-love. And I think beneath all of everything around esteem, it's a journey of, of being kind to ourselves and of, and of, and of learning to, to love ourselves. And when we can do that, 
then we can invite that in from you know the world around us as well as well as give it out to the world around us so yeah I guess I'm going there on the line of self-love and world love and all of that <laughs> self-love is, is a hard one isn't it it's a subject we've been exploring in the yoga classes I do this week and I remember gosh I must have been in my early 20s going on holiday with a girlfriend and both of us getting extremely drunk one night and dancing on the bar. I'm sure you can't imagine this now with me at my age. Um, and the next morning, she sort of said to me, oh, it's all right for you. You're so confident and, you know, everybody loves you and all this. And I just looked at her and I said, I'm not sure what you mean, but you have to love yourself before you're going to get other people to love you. And, and I don't know where that came from as a, you know, 22, 23-year-old, whatever I was at the time. But that's what I really felt back then. And it's funny how as I've sort of, you know, matured and developed and got into all sorts of different health related topics that it's, you know, I've thought, gosh, wait, I must have been, you know, inside quite mature at the time to have actually thought that that was her problem, that, you know, she, she had this low self-esteem, basically. I heard, um, I think it was on a podcast that it might have been like a relationship coach or something, but it was around... Um, you know people that were down because they were single and how can I change that it's like well would you want to hang out with you and if not what would you change and go and do that and once you, once you would like to hang out with you then probably other people will too you know so maybe that's all around self-esteem too yeah I think I think you're probably right I think you're probably right so the big question what can we do to improve our self-esteem um Joanna well, I think that it really starts with how we talk to ourselves internally. The words and pictures that we say are internal dialogue. We repeat on a constant loop over and over again. The internal words and pictures we create will be driven by what we believe to be true about ourselves, what we learned in childhood or later on in life. But our beliefs can be changed. When you question a belief, you can start to doubt it and you can work out if that's true for you or not. And even if your belief was true at that time, you can change that belief now, which in turn can change your confidence. I'm not saying you can change what happened in your life, of course not, but we can change how we respond to it now. Your thoughts today affect and control everything, but they are your thoughts and you're free to change them. That's very true, isn't it? Very true. I love the saying, and I can't remember who said this, a very old American president and he said, people are about as happy as they make up their minds to be. Yeah. And I think that's so true that happiness has to come from within, really. And that's but, but you do need to be aware, as Karen said, you need to be aware. Um, Brooke, what do you think? That's a good question. What do I think? Um, <laughs> I, you know, as you know, I mean, I, I published the, those seven steps to better self-esteem. And, you know, I think there are... Uh, a useful guide I won't spend hours going through them but um, I, I think it obviously depends on the person you're with I mean as a general guideline you know if what you're doing isn't working do something different uh, you know I'm very I'm very much into the, the practical side because obviously you can focus on the beliefs that people have about themselves but there's a, a relationship between the actions you take and how you feel about yourself because how you feel about yourself uh, impacts on the the actions helpful or otherwise that you take and vice versa so and i like working on both both sides you know uh, and realizing that you know essentially you have to take action hope is not a strategy 
uh, you know, take action. Uh, you choose who you are by the actions you take on a consistent basis. It affects your identity. Uh, you know, focus on the things you can actually change. So many people spend so much time uh, focusing energy on things they simply cannot change. You know, and self-esteem is quite often about comparison. We're always comparing ourselves to other people and that whole thing about what will other people think. Ah, that's, um, you know, how's that working out for you? Because it's not helpful. You know, accept responsibility and take ownership. You know, it's not your fault what happened to you if something, because quite often a lot of things happen, especially in childhood, that aren't welcome and, and weren't desired. But actually there comes a point where you have to go, irrespective of what's happened, I have to take ownership, accept responsibility and, and take action. So, yeah, those, those are things I would say. It's, um, people often say to me, it, it's not that easy for people, it's not that easy for people. And I always talk about a study of twins that happened in America. And there were two boys whose parents were drug addicts, complete dropouts, had these twins, raised them. And as adults, they were both found and interviewed as part of the study. And one of them was living on the street. He was a drug addict, complete dropout from society. And the other one was a millionaire. And they were both interviewed and asked, what do you contribute where you are today from? And they both said their parents. Karen, yeah, it's, what, not what, it's not what happened to you, is it? It's how you feel about what happened to you. It's how you so. feel. It's your reaction to what happened to you, yeah. Karen, what do you think we can do to improve our self-esteem? Well, I think we've got it fairly covered here between um, between Joanna and Brooke's responses and your story there. But I think, um, I mean, there's practical things that I do if I notice that I'm I'm not feeling good about myself. And so one one is what Brooke just very eloquently described there is just take action. You know, you're feeling fat and blobby, move things up. You're feeling like lacking in energy, get an exercise regime. It's that action and taking responsibility thing. But then I think there's some specific things that we can do, which I, I, I focus on sometimes with my clients around our mindset and becoming aware of what our narratives are, aware of what our language is. How can we change the stories that we're telling ourselves? How can we create a story that we want instead of a story that's not helping us? And um, and what specific words are we coming out with? We might need to ask people around us, what do I say all the time? Um, and change that. And in the beginning, that feels like hard work. You know, the unconscious the conscious incompetent that whole kind of cycle it takes hard work to begin with to make a change we have to put in the effort we have to dig a bit deep we have to commit and that can feel difficult but once we rewire the brain and get some new patterns and habits going be that habits of story habits of language actual practical habits in terms of what we're eating routines in every day then we can make massive differences to our self-esteem yeah, I think I think eating is a big one, isn't it? And sometimes if you're brave enough, I remember on one program I was on, I had to write to at least five friends. They said ideally 10 and ask for some feedback on what they thought of me. <laughs> That's always a very risky thing to do. But the comments that came back were so nice that you can't help but feel oh, I'm not doing too badly, really, then. You know, they were really, really lovely comments. Yeah, I was going to enough. <laughs> I was going to say, um, to a degree, I think if you're, if you're really low, then you need to focus on, as well, surrounding yourself by getting yourself in environments that make you feel better, so people that lift you up, people that make you feel good. If you're already down and you're getting knocked back more and more by people around you, that's not going to help. 
But then there's a time when that cannot be helpful because it can keep you cushioned and a bit too comfortable and therefore not making changes and not being real with yourself. So then you might feel a bit strong enough or, or, or in enough of a place that you can actually start to get some feedback or you know environments that get you out of your comfort zone a bit that might not be as good, but actually you're strong enough to go, okay, I really need to make a change here and I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. We, we have a nice little um, circle that get together here, don't we, Karen? <laughs> and we're all pretty upbeat. And if one's down, then it's we're really good at um, helping them to pull themselves back up again. Um, so many inspirational speakers say that if we're not growing, we're dying. Now, I've heard this from Jim Rowan. I've heard it from various people. Um, and they're generally talking about personal development and things that we do to, to develop ourselves. So do you think personal development has a role to play in improving how we feel about ourselves? Karen, I know you're really hot on this one, so I'm going to go straight to you. Absolutely. Um, but I also think that, you know, when I think to my life as an athlete, you train really hard, you, you go overboard with it, you stress your system or you introduce lots of uh, stuff into your system and then you have a bit of rest and recovery time and I think personal development for me is a bit the same we go out there we learn stuff we study stuff we push ourselves we stretch ourselves perhaps we commit to some new things and learning and perhaps new routines ways of changing things but like anything I don't think we can go at it all the time we need to have bits of recovery in between where we're like wow you know that was a good process or that that didn't work for me a bit of reflection and absorption and Perhaps we perhaps we sink back a little bit in our in our growth or our consciousness or whatever we want to call it at that point, and then maybe we go again. So I think I think the cycles of it, but I think it is very important. And there's plenty of research out there that shows that when we when the challenge level that we're exposed to is just a little bit higher than our skill level, not too high that we're overstressed and getting anxious and um, overwhelmed, but enough that it's stretching and challenging us then that's where we get that optimum growth and maybe the optimal personal development. So I think it's just getting the balance right between pushing ourselves and getting ourselves out of our comfort zones to to learn and grow, but not overdoing it and getting recovery when we need it. Okay, thank you. Brooke, what do you feel about personal development? I'd stay away from it. Can't be helpful, can it? I mean, developing yourself and, and yeah. Um, no, I, I mean unless you're doing it for a career obviously you it has to have a place in your life it's got to be an, an, a really important element though um but lots of people do go through life without you know consciously developing themselves and they may be very happy and successful but you know obviously i feel it's very important to to take stock look at where we are and 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 make conscious choices about where we'd like to be and what's stopping us from enjoying life and having our needs met. And I think that I personally think that's really critical. Um, it's not that my life was terrible before, you know, I got therapy, um, but I definitely had some really unhelpful things going on. And I'm very glad to have dealt with um, dealt with them. Not all of them. My girlfriend would say I definitely haven't dealt with all of them. Um, but yeah, being out of your comfort zone is is a really useful thing. I think, you know, what's great about today is, you know, we've got two, you know, Joanna and Karen are both slightly different perspectives, but I think we're all essentially saying the same thing. And yeah, Karen's absolutely right. It, it is a really, really important thing to, you know, if we want to lead the life we want to lead, we need to make changes to, to have that life. 
Joanna, do you want to add anything there? Well, I would say that definitely uh, personal development is very important. I mean, after all, no one else can do it for us in any instance, uh, unless you were very fortunate to grow up in a loving and caring environment for the whole of your life, which even then can have its challenges. Um, the fact is, we have to deal with our difficulties and respond to them and all the difficult people we come across in life. Lots of awkward situations. Sadly, we're not born with, with an instruction manual, which would be the most helpful thing. But by understanding more about your own self-esteem or lack of it, helps you to develop that better way to handle stress and anxiety and understand your self-destructive habits and improve self-confidence. We really do need to evolve and nourish our brains and minds. Yeah, yeah. It's essential. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, what I think would be really helpful today would be if um, if we've got anyone listening who is going through a difficult time or has found COVID very difficult being stuck at home, maybe on their own or maybe with people they don't get on that well with or they're a mum who's finding it very difficult being at home with young children. Um, what advice would you give to them? Who, who wants to start on this one? <laughs> Brooke. <laughs> I should have, I, I was pulling faces then, so I, I should have just kept still. Um, well, you know, as I said earlier, if what you're doing isn't working, do something different. I mean, I, I think that's always a good place to start. But it's a big question. You know, if you're struggling, uh, you know, reach out to somebody. I always think that's a, that's a good good start if you're if you're feeling isolated and on your own if you don't feel like you've got the resources or the tools to be able to handle it that's okay uh speak to somebody i mean you know you might speak to friends and or family in the first instance but i i always encourage people to to speak to somebody who actually does this professionally because i still think therapy is one of those words that that brings a whole you know, maybe an American TV series or, uh, you know, um, or something else to mind. But, you know, we're just professionals who do a job and there are many different ways uh, that that job can be done. But finding somebody you can relate to, because that relationship is the most important relationship, irrespective of the approach, your relationship with the therapist is going to be the key ingredient in whether it's successful or not, in my opinion. Um, and so it's, yeah, reaching out, having a conversation and knowing that actually you are able to take that first step on the journey. Okay. Before I ask for the ladies' views, we're just going to take another short ad break and we'll be back in just a moment. Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters. Do you find working from home a pain in the neck, literally? Or maybe you're starting to struggle with lower back pain? Well, ask West Chiropractic to take a look. We help thousands of people in Surrey with back, neck pain, sciatica, and headaches. We have a multitude of services from a wide variety of practitioners, from chiropractic, to sports massage, shockwave therapy, plus our decompression table, which helps chronic sciatic clients as well as chronic low back patients. We investigate the cause of your pain and help you get back to doing what you love doing. Read all of our five-star online reviews on Google and why not book a free discovery visit at westchiropractic.co.uk. There's no doubt that running a business is tough. 
but at the moment it's even tougher than ever. And that's where we can help. Plan C are a team of Surrey business professionals offering free advice for local businesses during these testing times. We offer solutions to your most pressing business challenges. From marketing to human resources, PR to Google ads, business strategy to website design. Post your questions at yourplanc.co.uk. We'll put them to the team and come back to you with our thoughts, observations, and most importantly, practical solutions. It's a free service, so why not see if we can help? www.yourplanc.co.uk Hello, I'm Lisa Rollin. Join me for my show, Classical Crossover, on Thursdays at 7 o'clock for one hour of beautiful, uplifting classical music handpicked by me for you, as well as insightful interviews with fellow musicians and their wonderful gig stories. So join me, Lisa Rollin, on Thursdays at 7 o'clock for Classical Crossover on Brooklyn's Radio. It's Jill Bennett on Brooklyn's Radio. Okay, so we're back. We're still talking about self-esteem. And we're talking about things that people can do if they're having a difficult time. So maybe um, they've not coped very well with lockdown. Maybe they're at home, either alone or with someone that they'd possibly rather not be with. Um, Or maybe they're a a mum at home with young children and can't get out as much as they'd like to. So um, maybe we'll go to Karen next. Karen, what advice would you give to people to cope in those situations? Oh, this is like a question. How do you answer a question that could, like like Brooke said earlier, everyone's such an individual, it's so hard. But I know that when I've been in the toughest times of my life, it's always people and friends that have got me through. So I'm I'm loving the advice to reach out to others. Um, I think depending what's going on for people, sometimes things can feel really tough when we're overloaded and sometimes things can feel really tough when we're underloaded. So maybe there's something in there just about going, am I bored and and stuck or am I stressed and overloaded? And the response to those would be different. So if, you, if you're stressed and overloaded, it's like, what can I, how can I simplify my life? How can I make areas as simple as possible um, reduce that stress that's being created? And if things are boring, it's like, okay, how can we get some novelty, some uncertainty, some complexity, some excitement into life here? What do, what could I begin? What projects do I need to do to mix things up? So, yeah, that's that's one area. And the other thing that I find helpful if I'm feeling um, a bit unhappy in some way, but maybe can't quite identify why, is just to consider those different areas of our life. So I like the acronym, which is one I came across through Tal Ben-Shahar, who I mentioned already, but SPIRE. So spiritual, physical, intellectual, relational, and emotional. And just sort of have a little check-in with yourself. How am I feeling in those areas of my life? Where where are things good and where are they perhaps, where, where would I maybe score them? Give yourself a little score for each of them about how things feel. And you can just start to notice a pattern and that might give you some information about what area you need to pick up, pick up on. Is it around more, if it's relational, is it around more connections or reducing contact with some people because they're draining you? If it's spiritual, how can you perhaps, you know, introduce some practice that might help you connect with a feeling of something bigger and greater than yourself, even if that's nature? I don't know what it might be, but, you know, I kind of use it as a bit of a guide for myself sometimes. Okay, and that was Aspire. What does Aspire stand for again? 
uh, spire. So spiritual, spire. intellectual, relational, and emotional. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Great advice there. Um, Joanna. Okay, well, just to add, I mean, I agree with both on what Brooke and Karen have just said, but from my point of view, I would say to anyone feeling like they need a bit of extra help, if you're having a bad or difficult moment, try to remember it potentially is only temporary. And this really does help you to come back to the present moment. The issue is not likely to last forever. In most cases, it won't. It's tempt- it is tempting to dwell on upsetting things. And that can become a habit. So we have to make better habits of thinking. It's the thoughts and pictures we create now that are the ones that we can control ourselves rather than us allowing ourselves to be controlled and led by past events. So what I would say, always try to remember when we're looking out, we're looking for the best in ourselves and in our situations and the people that we care about. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. What I'd like to do now is to just ask you all to say a little bit about you, how people can contact you, your websites, any information that you want to give at all. Um, I'm trying to think how, uh, Brooke, you might want to say where people can get your Seven Steps to Better Self-Esteem. Karen, where people could get hold of your books. Um, But generally, I, I want to know from all of you how people can contact you. Um, Joanna, do you want to start? Sure, no problem. So Joanna do it. And my website's called enhanceyourhorizons.co.uk. You can connect with me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash enhance your horizons. And I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and practitioner. And it's been very lovely to talk today. Oh, no, it's been really lovely to have you here. Brooke. Uh, thank you, Jill. Uh, yeah, website's easy, brookehender.com. Uh, it's uh i just use my name because it's easier uh i also run a fortnightly meetup group uh, it's got over 660 members in it and for an hour every tuesday evening um i offer and share advice about self-esteem so if you go on meetup and just type in sort yourself out you'll be able to find me there and yeah the the book is available from my website and if you have any problems just drop me a line at brook at brookhender.com i always love a conversation so get in touch fantastic thank you brook karen thanks jill well thank you for today and yes everything about my all my contacts are through my website which is karendark.com that's spelt dark as in the opposite of light but with an e on the end Friends tell me that all all my darkness is in my name rather than anywhere else. I quite like that idea. (laughs) Um, But I've also got a project which is encouraging people to step out of their comfort zone a little and to grow and um, develop that happiness within themselves. And there's some super inspirational things happening with that. So if people are interested, the website for that is quest79.com, just the numbers, so quest79.com. And uh, there's a list of inspirational things that are happening there, which I'd encourage anyone who's perhaps feeling a bit um, like they want might, might need some inspiration to go and have a look. Some amazing things going on. 79 is the atomic number of gold. And uh, I won the 79th medal for Britain in Rio. I used to study gold as a geologist and now chase gold medals. And now I'm trying to help people uh, help develop gold hearts, I think, around the world. So that's uh, karendark.com or quest79.com. Brilliant, thank you. I'm supposed to be cycling 79 miles, but 
I want my team here and they're all in the UK. So until travel started again, we're sort of putting it on hold, but we will do it. Oh, gosh. Wait for the team. Definitely more fun together. Yeah, and then we'll, we'll raise some money for the spinal injuries. What are they called, spinal injuries? Yeah, Spinal Injuries Association. Association, yeah, so we'll be raising money for that. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really interesting. Um, we'll post all your contact details up on the website and also on our Facebook page. So, yeah, thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Thanks, Joanna. Thanks, Jill. Thanks, everybody. A huge thank you to all of my guests today. Talking about self-esteem, we had Karen Dark, Joanna Jewett and Brooke Hender. Thank you, guys. We're going to play out with a couple of tracks up to the news on the hour. But before that, I just want to give a little plug for next month's program. So on the third Thursday of June, that's the 17th of June, we're going to be talking about a plant-based whole food diet. We've got three fabulous guests. We have Dr. Laura Freeman, who runs a company called Plant-Based Health Online. We have Callum Weir, who runs Yumfu, which is a plant-based nutrition company. And we have Jane Thurnell-Reed, who is the founder of Upliness, a program all about aging healthily. We're going to be talking about why you should consider having more plant-based whole foods in your diet. And maybe we'll convince you that you should you should have a completely whole food plant-based diet. And the reasons why, why it is so good for us and why so many people are turning to it. So join us again next month. That's the 17th of June, where here on Brooklyn's Radio, we'll have your monthly episode of Your Health Matters. And we'll be back with you again next month. Thanks again for listening. Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters. 